Alexa, play that Amazon ads podcast. Which one would you like to hear? The best one. Okay, now playing that Amazon ads podcast. These gentlemen are completely changing the game. After listening to that Amazon ads podcast, my ads are finally profitable. I also heard they're pretty cute. Welcome back, everyone, to That Amazon Ads Podcast, where today we have a very special guest, Abe Shamali, who has some very interesting news for us, which we're excited to dive into, some some big changes coming to the Amazon advertising platform. This news is is hot off the press, I think just started being talked about a couple of days ago. So very exciting. And of course, Andrew's here. Andrew, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Excited for this episode. That pre-discussion was super exciting. I'm ready to dive into it. Yeah, we've already been we, talking we about set the it bar high. Yeah, <laughs> for, uh, for the last ten minutes, and we were also commenting on. Uh, uh, if you don't know Abe Shamali, he's well. Abe, why don't you introduce yourself? I, I don't want to butcher it. Uh, oh boy, I'm not sure which thing you were going to say about me. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I could start off with the generic stuff. Um, I was going to so, yeah, talk about your your work in the Amazon space. You you have quite a history there. And then um, also you can maybe talk about the the persona you've been building in the, in the past couple of weeks. Oh boy, yeah, but I think a little bit longer than a couple of weeks, but yes. So um, yeah. my name is Abe Shamali. Um, I have been in the Amazon space for about 15 years. I've been in the space of selling and online selling and offline selling for over 30 years at this point, since 1991. I've done and seen it all. I've uh, sold in every marketplace. I've been kicked off a couple of marketplaces. I've, you know, I've been the top seller for brands across the entire country in some seasons. You know, I've seen a lot. Um, as far as the persona goes, I, I've been around long enough to not be completely consumed by my work. So I have like developed habits, whether it's cooking, whether it's fishing, you can sort of see a, a fish that's waiting to be put up on the wall behind me. Um, and one of the things I have figured out how to do is how to smoke in my home office. Which there it is. Sort of, <laughs> yes. So there, there's a cigar going right now, and uh, apparently you two guys were very tickled by the by me smoking on the the podcast. So we'll make that well, happen. I, yeah, I would join. We you, were encouraging but, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple too many uh, smoke detectors in my apartment, so it wouldn't, wouldn't go well. But I'm actually I'm having one tonight with a friend. We're we're catching up. He's flying into town, so I will be joining you in spirit in about ten hours. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> feel it through the uh, through the force. Yeah. And Abe, also, um, why don't you just tell us briefly about uh, XP Strategy. You were the founder of this Amazon agency. W- what do you guys do there? Sure. So I started my agency about five years ago. I pivoted away from selling to make, to focus on the part of business that I like the best. Um, always in, in business, you know, through the different businesses I've owned, I've been responsible for two parts of the business, customer service and advertising. And about five years ago, I had the opportunity to help a couple of friends with their accounts. And the first time I saw the back of an account that was not mine, I said, oh, my gosh, I sort of understand what's going on here, even though it's not my own account. Uh, I was able to help them. And I sort of had the light bulb go off in which I realized, you know, 
I can make a business out of the part of the work that I enjoy best, out of the part of the work that I resonate with the most. So I spoke to my partner. I pivoted out of selling and into the agency life. Um, hmm. I would probably say it is not the endless level of satisfaction that I envisioned when I helped the first two friends of mine. Uh, Amazon mm -hmm. is a place which is endlessly challenging, endlessly changing, but also at the same time, it has been super fulfilling. The opportunities to look at a new challenge and figure it out is fantastic. The opportunity or the rewarding feeling I get when a strategy that we put into place takes off is fantastic. The happiness I feel when I'm able to help somebody improve out of a tough situation it's fantastic. So it's not perfect, but the wins are great. Yeah, that's great. I was I was thinking that's a, that's a cool origin story. And Andrew, that's something we should ask every guest. We should say, what's your Amazon totally. advertising origin story? Like what got you in here? Because everybody has a start. And uh, I think how everyone gets there is, is kind of different, right? There's going to be some kind of trigger or, or event or or story that, that kind of kicks them into the space. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, cool. was, uh, I was already selling online before Amazon became yeah. a real third-party place. I was selling online since 1999. Um, what kind of stuff were you selling and where? Okay, yeah, and I was so, going to ask, <laughs> also, I'd like to hear about your perspective on the dot-com bubble during that time. I'm sure that was totally. just a wild journey. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, so we can definitely dig into it. Um, and I'll tell you uh, my first cautionary tale about when I learned about okay. how you have to be careful with bidding. So um, mm. I started that in 1991, selling consumer electronics, uh, mostly digital cameras, video cameras, uh, VCRs, all of the electronic stuff that people had in their house. Um, we would advertise in the back of camera magazines. We would take out like a full page ad with like a whole list of things we had to offer for sale. We put up a big phone number and we'd get phone calls from people who wanted us to send things to them. So I was picking up the phone, taking names and addresses, you know, offering the customer a case or a battery or, you know, an extended warranty and trying to do what we do now with Amazon, where we try to increase the ASP of an order. So I did that for a few years for someone else. Um, in 1997, I opened up my own business for two or, for two or three years. We ran our own ads and magazines. And of course, the Internet came along and turned into something. In 98 or 99, we started advertising in Yahoo stores, which was the actual first place that you could sell things consistently and reliably. There were websites where you could place orders, but most of them were like a scary place for shoppers. The idea of putting your credit card number somewhere was scary to a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas Yahoo was, at the time, that was the destination of the internet. And when Yahoo has a store, people were comfortable shopping there. So we would have a storefront on Yahoo, we'd get our orders through there, and uh, we ran that few, for a few years until they sort of faded out. There was a transition towards having our own website and running Google Ads. And um, we ran Google Ads for years, all the way up to probably 2009, 2010, and we spent a lot. There were months where we spent four or $500,000 in our account, which I know these days there are brands spending even more than that, but it is still... A very solid number, especially for 15 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. You know, we were like breaking our credit cards. They they couldn't deal with a credit limit that needed to handle the ad spend. And we had to like wire money in the middle of the month just to make sure our ads don't, don't turn off. Um, yeah. So we ran that for a while. Um, 
the websites became more challenging as it became easier to create a website and easier to present yourself. The challenges, the challenges grew there, and also there was an ascendancy. There's, you know, as one site goes up, another site fades, and websites sort of faded a bit as Amazon was becoming more of a destination for shoppers. And what we found was more and more people were comparing us to Amazon. And they'd say, well, your price is the same, so I'm going to buy it on Amazon because they have my credit card number stored already. Or because I know exactly what their return period is. Or, you know, whatever reasons people like Amazon, all the more so, you know, back then. And um, we realized, oh, we've got to have an Amazon store. Built out an Amazon store, grew that, and spent, you know, the next 10 years selling on Amazon until I pivot, until I made that pivot. So... I went through all of those phases. Um, we started advertising way back. Like I said, we started selling in uh, 99, 98 online. We started advertising almost immediately after that. And what I learned is that you need to be conscious of where your competitors' bids are. And here's the story mm. I was telling you about. We were selling a digital camera for about $2,000. I believe it was a Fuji digital camera. The camera body alone was $2,000. We loved selling this camera because the camera was popular. It got great ratings, but it was not like Canon or Nikon. With Canon and Nikon, people were traditionally shit. They were a Canon person for their whole life, and they shifted over from a Canon film to a digital camera, and they expected a lot of their accessories to carry over. Fuji shoppers were brand new, so they needed a full complement of things to connect to it. So we wanted those sales and opportunities. So we were bidding a dollar, a dollar thirty, and we would basically push the system to try to always be on top. And my partner said, you know, why should I waste time going up five cents at a time? I want to be on top no matter what. He set the bids at a hundred dollars. He said, I'm, I don't oh, want to be, I don't want to be under no matter what. The next day we came in, um, we saw that ads ran out at a $5,000 cap because we had a $5,000 cap and spent for the month. The $5,000 oh, was spent in one day. We found out that we were spending $97 a click. And wow. we figured out Jeez. that we were spending $97 a click and the number two guy was spending like a dollar eight. But because they figured it wasn't out, second price. <laughs> because they figured out that they could keep raising and raising and raising and still stay number two and with the same bid, while we weren't paying attention, they just nudged it all the way up. And we, <laughs> after, mm. after all the yelling and cursing was done, we vowed to never get caught that way again. And yeah. we quickly mastered the art of being number two with the bids. And we pushed, we pushed CPCs for those guys to stay number one. Like they didn't even realize that we chased them that way. But we basically sat under them and pushed their bids to three, four, five dollars, which was a lot in 2009. And we we knew from anecdotally, like within the space, that their margins were beat to hell because they had to pay quad, quadruple the ad costs of everybody else. They didn't even realize it. Did you build any like on that topic right there? Like they always say the advertiser who can spend the most to generate a sale is the advertiser that's going to win. And so, you know, on these types of products, were you building in like a lot of those upsells and stuff like that to your strategy where you were, you mentioned, you know, these people are new to Fujifilm, so they need to buy all these accessories. Did that allow you to kind of 
be able to compete and, and spend more on your ads? Like, were you building those types of things into your overall marketing strategy as well? Yeah, we had we had a well built out system, I think. So we had two two competitive advantages. The first thing is that we were we were second, but really we were pioneers in creating uh, bundles of products. Right now, virtual bundles are a big thing on Amazon. Um, and back then, we very, very actively created bundles of accessories with a main product. We were actually the second person to do it. We noticed someone else doing it. But when we noticed it and we figured out the value, we took it to another level. Every main camera would have 20 or 30 bundles attached to it. And somehow, for a good two or three years, nobody realized and nobody chased us. So we would have people buying th- you know, expensive bundles, which had a lot of things inside of it, whereas we realized if somebody was buying from somewhere else, they would buy a couple of pieces individually, and it wouldn't be as good of a sale as we were getting with a bundle. So we sort of... Mm-hmm had a nice space there. Uh, The second thing we tried to do was we tried to have qualified people to help support the sale. So as opposed to like an order taker or one step away from a website, somebody that would take a, a credit card number and a phone number or something, we tried to have people who were knowledgeable about the product, who could guide the purchase properly, who could focus on customer satisfaction and who could, you know, who could sell well. And by focusing that as, as an area of expertise, that also was a good differentiator. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's cool. Um, really interesting to hear that. I, I've always heard those you know, types of things. Um, you have a lot more experience than I do, obviously. So just curious to hear a little bit about that. You know, it sounds like you've, you've been literally been through all of it um, over the years and have transitioned from platform to platform to platform to platform. You know, I'm sure you had to learn all of these, the nuance within these platforms. What do you think has really set you up to be able to adapt so so uh, methodically throughout the years and, and transitioning and evolving with the landscape as it has evolved itself and, and new platforms coming to market? Now we're in a place where there's platforms everywhere, you know, there's tons of places to advertise. Um, it's much more robust and a much more broader space than it used to be. Um, what kind of has helped you navigate that? So you try to have core things that you've learned guide all the work that you do, or for us, guide the work that we do. So some of the things that we have always realized is it is super important to have a prominent position for your products. It's not enough to just be part of the mix. Right now, we talk about top of search on Amazon, but the general concept of being top of mind and in front of the shopper so that you have the first chance to get the sale, that has always been part of our philosophy for decades. Um, A lot of people will be cost conscious and say, oh, it's not worth spending X amount. I'll let somebody else waste their money without realizing that the first impressions are very frequently what lead to the sale. So that's one of the guiding lights that we have had as we go through platform by platform. Wherever we are, we want to be prominent. The next thing that we would do is we would say, on one hand, we want to do everything right. But the second part of it is we don't want to worry about the smallest details. I've seen people worry about individual transactions or this somebody wants to make a return and it ruins your week. And I would always say, listen, 
Um, we made 206 orders yesterday, 206 sales yesterday. This represents statistically nothing. Even if the person was mean to you, even if the person wrote bad words in their letter when they said they want to return, don't sweat it. Deal with it and also move past it quick and focus on the thing which is going to be productive. You aren't going to turn that person's mind around. There will be some number of those people that are going to be challenging every day and just deal with it. So we have like three, four, five guiding principles that we use as we work through everything. And no matter what platform it is, those guiding principles tend to fit each platform. And the details within each platform, they're just the details. Technical requirements change. They're always going to change. And we just deal with it. I don't ever look at it like someone is trying to be mean to us. I don't ever look at it like someone is trying to screw the seller or screw the advertiser. I don't think like that. I just say, this is the environment that we have to operate in. Let's do the best we can within that environment. And, uh, you know, that's, again, one of the things which has led to pretty good results overall. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of all those developments with, with new platforms, I think this is a, a good transition point, Abe, into something that you were sharing with us earlier about some changes coming to sponsor display and potentially pulling in some some off Amazon opportunities, not not placing the ads off of Amazon, but actually getting traffic to go to your your pages off of Amazon. So so what's that what's that about and how long ago did also what where did you hear this from? Was this from an Amazon rep or, or so I heard this I heard this from one of the software developers that has a good relationship with Amazon. Mm. As you know, the software the most of the software developers have relationships with internal people at Amazon in which they are sometimes are given advance notice of new features so that they can build it into their software. They get guidance, they get technical technical uh, specifications, they get requests from Amazon to help them develop the features in some cases. And one of the people that one of the softwares that I work with reached out to me a couple of days ago and said, Abe, um, I want to get your feedback on this. Amazon is asking us for our feedback and we want to, to ask some of our partners, you know, what you think of this tool and how would you utilize it? And basically what Amazon is starting to roll out or what Amazon is about to roll out, depending on when we hear this, um, is what's called non-endemic advertising. I hate the word endemic. Amazon seems to love it. Um, it sounds too, too much. It sounds too much like uh, something pandemic. you don't want to catch. Yeah, it sounds like something you don't want to catch. <laughs> but um, endemic basically means uh, that it's connected to the source, I guess. And it typically refers to selling things that are on Amazon. If you advertise a, you know, if you advertise a, a garlic press on Amazon and you run an ad on Amazon, that's considered an endemic sale. It's considered an endemic ad because the ad is on the same platform as the product being sold. Amazon is going to be rolling out non-endemic ads to sponsor display. Now, what does that mean? It means that they're going to be, in some cases, removing the requirement that you're selling a thing on Amazon if you want to run an ad. And what, what, what's the goal? What's the target? The target is all of the businesses that exist off of Amazon that don't sell things on Amazon, Amazon would like to get a piece of that marketing spend and those advertising dollars. A couple of scenarios were suggested to me. Uh, one example would be uh, a car dealership might run an ad on Amazon pages where certain car parts are being sold. So if, for example, people are buying 
car parts for a car that's known to break down, a car dealership might say, hey, this guy is getting close to needing a new car if he's looking for this part. Uh, let me start mm-hmm. to be in their mind. Um, mm-hmm. The ads are going to have a geo-targeting component to it. So somebody in Dallas is doesn't have to worry about running an ad to somebody that's in Nebraska. The ads will show for people who can take advantage. Um, there might be people who are shopping for uh, certain ingredients to make a certain cuisine. Restaurants featuring that cuisine can basically show ads in those spots to be front of mind that, hey, um, instead of waiting two days for your uh, tomato sauce to get here, come eat with us tonight. So there definitely needs to be thoughtfulness about where your product or service or business would fit on Amazon. And to me, one of the questions is going to be how if how the play between costs and results is going to work out. These ads almost by definition are going to have a pretty low conversion rate, I think, um, because the person, the shopper wasn't looking for that thing. And it's not even, it's usually not super close to the thing they're looking for. So the ads will have to be inexpensive for them to be worthwhile. Now, at the same time, in a lot of those spots, they'll be competing with people who are advertising a product that is relevant to the search. So if they're always going to lose out on the ad spot to somebody bidding more, the ads won't show they won't get much traffic. If it's too much for them and if it's too much for them to actually add and advertise and show, but they don't get much out of it, they'll stop advertising. So it's got to be the right fit to the search. It's got to be the right balance between cost and results. Um, and, you know, long term, it's going to be an interesting experiment for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who's who's not super familiar, that's that's listening with the differences between DSP and sponsor display. I, I like to think of, of DSP as essentially just sponsor display uh, on steroids like super advanced. yeah i was gonna say steroids and i don't know if that was gonna be offensive i don't know why that would be offensive you never know um yeah basically just like on i was i was gonna say steroids or on hard mode <laughs> but <laughs> essentially just a super advanced version of of controlling targeting everything and within dsp amazon has always had the ability to link out to other websites to other platforms uh but they they wouldn't let you actually place those link out uh, creatives on the Amazon website. So, and the reason why they do that is because Amazon still has a ton of audience data that if you're someone like, let's just say you're Lamborghini, like that's your, you own the brand Lamborghini and you want to target people. Amazon's going to have a ton of, you know, really good audience data to help you find unique audiences based off of whatever data they have that you can target them with just impressions uh, uh, or just these these creatives to just like continue lifting up your brand and keeping up that awareness but you're not gonna be able to run those ads on amazon if you're driving the traffic off amazon because amazon historically has never wanted to they'll let you place ads off of amazon to amazon they'll let you do that all day driving traffic to the to the amazon page but they don't let you take people who are currently on amazon off of amazon to anywhere else so i'll be very curious to see like how that happens and i wonder if this is amazon's a little bit of a you know, if, if they've been seeing some spend being reduced or something, or, or maybe losing some market share on some other platforms. And that's why they're opening up this opportunity to just kind of, uh, they're essentially willing to let people leave the website because they think they can make more money off of the ads themselves. And it's also very interesting that it'd be coming to sponsor display, which is 
much lower barrier to entry since it's self-service, no spend minimum requirements, you know, none of the things that DSP has to, to gate you from access. Right. I mean, I might suggest something different. Um, okay. They're looking at this traffic as basically in two ways. Number one, it's bonus traffic. If all of these non-endemic advertisers are vetted in some way to confirm that they're not genuinely losing a sale that could have happened on Amazon, this is bonus traffic for them. Somebody going to a car, mm. car dealership is not the same as somebody going off Amazon to a D2C uh, storefront. So right. they're not losing a shopper that would have bought that thing on Amazon to end up buying somewhere else. So they might be somewhat more okay with that. But the second thing is going to be that Amazon might be sort of using this as a resource for learning about how they can expand the Amazon selling platform. So mm. as an example, if they get enough car dealerships that are signing up for this and are happy with it, this might lead them to creating an automat marketplace. Um, mm. If enough restaurants have enough relevant traffic, this might convince them to make something like OpenTable, where Amazon becomes the marketplace to not only shop for food, but to go to eat food also. So mm. those are all things that just like um, Prime Video and Audible and all of Kindle and all of those right. other things are extra things that are slightly outside of selling a product and sending it to you. This might also be uh, a way for them to learn what are going to be their next revenue sources and their next mm. pieces of business, I think. Yeah, yeah that's really and, interesting. Yeah. And for, for our, our listening audience and for anyone who's, who's an Amazon advertiser, this is potentially a really good opportunity for for your own economy because what this essentially kind of foreshadows is just a lot more, a lot more budget management coming our way right where uh, other brands that traditionally weren't selling on Amazon we we don't really access those brands at least for myself like I don't usually work with a lot of like Google ads or Facebook ads, just because it's not my specialty. I mean, I, I get the basics of it and I could do it like I've done it for friends and everything, but it's not something that I kind of claim to specialize in. So I'm, I'm very much more limited to the, to the Amazon, Amazon side of things, but there could be those, those big brands, those big opportunities that are, that are coming over that are like, Hey, we, we need some help running on Amazon. We don't get how this stuff works. So, so really mastering your understanding of sponsored display and how best to utilize those could present some really big opportunities for Everyone here, in terms of just you know, if they, if you're an agency, growing your agency; if you're a brand, growing your brand; if you're a freelancer, growing your freelance business. So, just a lot of opportunity for all of us in the Amazon space. Oh yeah, uh, like that. As an agency, that's the way that I look at it. I am not necessarily tied to selling a thing or s focusing on a space. I am tied to Amazon marketing mostly. So, even if you have a thing that you're not being sold, that's not being sold on Amazon. I can still market your thing on Amazon because the tools are yep. there now for it. So yeah, it's absolutely something which could be interesting to lean into. And I think that people who can figure out the right fits between services and where to place those ads will really be strong competitively in terms of being able to offer high quality results to, shot to, to brands and to businesses. I really hope that Amazon has and they create an audience for this person like manages an Amazon advertising account because <laughs> right now yeah. they don't have, they're targeting people based off their shopping behavior, but I want to see like Amazon has all the data. They know which Amazon users have an advertising account. I want to target those people with that Amazon ads podcast ads. Yeah. That, would, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that actually would be a super interesting play by the way, because 
the fun. thinking there is like if we can find the spot and if you can figure out where the advertisers are browsing and shopping yeah being in front of them is super can you imagine if valuable. amazon puts ads in the ad console <laughs> they actually by the way they they already put well i don't know if they have ads but they do have premium positioning for people in the partner network pages so Amazon has Correct, a marketplace. Yeah. If you want to like create a listing or if you want to run ads or if you want to do any of the thing, you know, if you need an inventory solution or a return solution, Amazon has a marketplace for sellers in which they can see businesses that offer services. You know, we're a verified yep. partner in that marketplace. So there is already very much a benefit to being prominent in those places also. And yeah, yeah. I can I can see sponsored spots becoming valuable there as well. I remember back when I was at Ad Badger, there was uh, they had the partner network, and like when you open up the partner network, it was automatically sorted by alphabetical order. And so Ad Badger was at the top. We were like number one first <laughs> first partner you see. That's amazing. and so I was like thinking if if anyone else is going to make uh, something, they should have a uh, a a a. Make sure you're start exactly with an a. <laughs> a a Ron advertiser or something like that. <laughs> Just make sure. You're, uh, I, I got to tell you, when I was advertising in magazines. Like there would be 30 or 40 pages of ads in the back of the magazine. And the first page before the whole advertising section would be an advertiser directory. And that was alphabetical. So there was mm -hmm. a there was a company called AAA Sale, like AAA, AAA cameras. Nice. Yeah. And there was a <laughs> there company go. called, yeah, there was a company called One Two Three Cameras. And those guys were at the top every month. And they just there got go. smart. <laughs> oh yeah it's 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 interesting is, that, is like, that why all the is that why all the restaurants around here are called number one chinese food <laughs> oh my god it there actually might be something to that if anybody is actually browsing through the yellow pages yeah these guys would come up first yeah especially mm -hmm. having that hashtag in there maybe beats the number one exactly yeah Abe. so you you've talked a lot about some like new stuff kind of coming down the pipe you've been around for a long time you've transitioned from platforms to platforms you've seen the growth and demise of many platforms what do you feel like outside of this what we're just talking about with this small dsp thing it's not so small it's pretty big but what else do you see for the future of amazon sellers and vendors kind of what's around the corner for us in terms of kind of just the the trends and these the platform activity that we're seeing we've obviously seen like TikTok uh, merge onto the scenes with TikTok shop and all these other aspects where people are trying to get more, uh, be more competitive with Amazon, like Walmart, TikTok and all those. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on like what, what you think the, the future of this is and kind of where it's going, as well as maybe some platforms that you're seeing accelerate uh, similarly to how you maybe seen some uh, pickup in uh, popularity for advertisers in the past. Yeah. So the trends that I'm seeing are, there's a couple of things that I'm seeing in general, some things I've always seen and some things which are growing. So the first thing that I'm seeing is that diverse traffic is really, really important. It used to be you could have a brand on Amazon and live on Amazon, and that would be your whole day. You log into Seller Central from the beginning to the end of the day. You don't have to leave Seller Central. You just refresh your orders to see every day. You check out your ads. You live in Seller Central. What's happening now is, number one, there are more places to sell things, and you could be losing out on a lot of sales if you don't have your product in other places to get them purchased. Whether it's a TikTok shop, whether it's being on Walmart, whether it's having your own website, if you aren't in those places, you are potentially losing out on a lot of business. 
And there are more and more situations where for one business or another, those places can be a huge source of revenue. Um, overall, of course, Amazon is still number one. Overall, your best bet if you want to grow from zero is to be on Amazon and to build your business up there. That's still generally the true thing, but it's important to keep your eyes open and to be aware of all the options. Um, so that's the first part that I see as far as where to sell your products. The second thing that's important is for your Amazon business to have ads and visibility for your product in more and more places. Like I said, it used to be that you could live in Amazon between where Amazon would put you and between your Amazon ads, it would be all you needed. Um, more and more off Amazon traffic is a huge, huge driver of sales. It can be a huge driver of rank as well. So running Google ads to your listing pages increases your overall rank. It increases your relevance. And if you do it right, Amazon will recognize that sometimes your conversion rates might be off because they know that traffic from Google is coming in and that's less likely to turn into a sale, but they wait against it and they give you boosts to your rank. Um, do, do you think uh, having the, the attribution, using Amazon attribution will help make a change? Or like if... Because then Amazon knows that the tr exactly where the traffic's coming from versus oh, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have that, so they see, if you didn't have the Amazon attribution. I mean, they see the link, they see the inbound link anyway, no matter what they're seeing the inbound link, but the, okay. attrib the attribution is giving you more granular data about what happened. So if somebody okay, just- So that doesn't make a difference on the performance side, right. just reporting. So that tells you about what you did intentionally. So for example, if a random Instagram influencer showed your product and you didn't even realize it. You know, they just like happened to purchase it on Amazon. They loved it. They talked about it. You're going to get lots of clicks of people either directly entering the product into Amazon or people coming through a Google search because you had a brand name that they searched for. Amazon is, is going to recognize where all of that traffic came from, even though you didn't intend it. The attribution is for the stuff that you actually intended or want to track. Um, but either way, they recognize the traffic. All of... For, as I understand it and to my logic, Amazon loves that traffic because it represents marketing that they didn't have to do. Um, Amazon has to do a certain amount of marketing in order to bring people to the platform. And that's baked into our fees and our commissions and stuff. You know, the, you're basically running a complex platform. You're paying for them to maintain their place and their visibility for shoppers. That's all fine. But whatever you can do to help them with that work, they reward you for it. They'll reward you with better ranks. They'll reward you with lower fees in terms of that you know, attribution link discount. And they want that traffic coming in. Um, so it's good for diverse traffic to come in. But it's not just that. That's part of your overall marketing picture. There are actually plenty of situations in which that off Amazon marketing can lead to tremendous sales, even besides the ranking work that you're doing. So if a TikTok video goes viral, that's going to your product, all of a sudden, you're, let's say, four months of inventory turned into six hours of inventory, which, yep. you know, mm -hmm. it's a double-edged sword, but it's a double-edged sword you'd love to have to deal with, you know? So, of course. Um, <laughs> and that's just random. Like one person can turn that into it randomly based on that, the TikTok algorithm. So you need yep. to be conscious and aware that more work has to be done to bring people to your products from lots of places it's as simple yeah. as that i mean there is one third totally, thing i see yeah. but it's not like a new thing 
I continue, I do dozens of audits a month. You know, lots of people come to me and say, please look at my account, tell me what you think. Um, some people are looking for a change. Some people just want to understand how they're doing. But so often I see brands and advertising in which the very simple basics are missing. Um, basics about how to name a campaign, basics about how to set your bids, basics about placement, like every single thing that as advertisers, or even according to Amazon's general guidelines, that we are guided to do to get the best results, so many times those are out the window. Like somebody might just one run automatic ads. They say, uh, manual ads are too complicated for me to deal with. I'm just going to run automatic ads and Amazon will figure it out. I mean, it's pretty clear that that typically will not give you your best results if you're looking for sales and effective sales. Um, the same thing happens the other way. There are people that only advertise um, against competitor pages or people that only advertise branded keywords or people that only advertise non-branded keywords. Like we try to have a, a marketing picture that covers all of the bases and very frequently we see big holes in which either one or two things are missing or the opposite, only one or two things are being done. So yeah, it's really, really important to dot your I's, cross your T's and make sure you're covering, you know, what we would consider the basics. It doesn't even have to be that many things, but make sure that you are not putting too many products in a product group. Make sure that you're not putting too many groups in the campaign. Make sure that you are naming your campaigns in a way that if you look at it in a week, you remember what's happening in there. You know, like all the things that we would, that I would consider to be common sense. We want to have those and see them in your advertising. And right off the bat, that moves you into the top few percentage points of like qualified advertisers. Yeah, totally. Um, that was a lot, man. Honestly, you, you took that in a lot of different directions um, beautifully. And if you're listening to this, you should probably rewind and go back and listen to that again, because there's a lot of really, really powerful, good stuff in there for you. So um, thank you for that. Um, and just like a just a small comment on, on we were talking a lot about outside traffic and external Amazon efforts that you have for your brand as a whole, starting to talk about, you know, TikTok and things like that. And I and just running Facebook ads. You were kind of, I think, talking about it from more of a direct traffic route where you're driving traffic through attribution links and tracking whether those ads from Google and Facebook are actually translating to sales on Amazon. Now, we've also seen um, the kind of different scenario where we're running a bunch of Facebook ads that are driving to a D2C site and we're having a net like traffic increase come over to Amazon from that. And so we're not even necessarily driving a ton of traffic directly to Amazon to uh, stimulate that ranking and that and that overall traffic and visibility for branded searches and stuff. But we're also just seeing it kind of naturally happen from exposure on things like Facebook or TikTok. I had a client one time that um, was, we saw a really big sales spike and like we had no idea why, ended up coming to find out they had a couple TikTok videos go viral and they weren't they weren't really re like related to Amazon. They said nothing about Amazon, but Amazon's just being, you know, such a behemoth of a platform. People kind of naturally start their purchasing journey for a product on there. And so we saw that happen. We've also seen the inverse where Facebook, we're running a bunch of Facebook ads. None of it's going to Amazon. We end up cutting the budgets on Facebook and we start seeing our rankings, BSR, uh, total sales start to tank, total branded traffic start to tank. So there is this kind of like 
like net effect of, of being on these other platforms. And a lot of these new brands that are coming are really building their audience, building the demand for their product on these other platforms and getting exposure in places where it's a lot easier, like TikTok, you, you know, it's a lot easier to, you know, go viral on than say Amazon or something. I don't know, oh, yeah. but they're, they're utilizing these other platforms uh, strategically to generate that demand. And then that's just trickling over to Amazon. And so you'll start to see these new brands pop up and it's because they have this outside marketing efforts going on that are really strategic and uh, generating a lot of visibility for them. That's just trickling over. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have, um, I actually have a story that matches what you're describing right now. So in my office building, I have a Google ads agency. And we're, you know, our offices are right next to each other down the hall. We talk about business all the time in a general ads way. And sometimes we send clients between each other. If one of my clients needs Google ads, I send it to them and vice versa. He sent me a client that had a very strong um, Google ads presence and they have a very strong D2C website and they sell a very niche piece of apparel. And um, it's like a, a unique size that Amazon actually had to custom program into their algorithm. Like literally it was a size that didn't exist on the dropdown. They sell in that size and Amazon had to add it for them. And they did it because of how much traffic they saw. Like when they ran the traffic numbers of their website, they said, well, mm -hmm. we would like to sell this product on our site. So hmm. anyway, what happened? We've been running the ads for six months and my PPC specialist pointed out that the number of branded searches for their brand dropped off very pretty dramatically in the second quarter of the year and i asked the i asked the brand do you know why this might have happened this is not something we have any influence on we're just looking at the searches that people are typing into the search box and he said i don't know ask as the you ask the uh, google guy he handles all the rest of my ads i walked down the hall i knocked down on the door i said hey do you know why uh this guy's ads, branded searches might have like suddenly dropped off anything with this, you know, with what you're doing. He thinks for a second, he goes, did the drop off happen in May? I go, yes, it happened like May 12th. We can literally see May 12th goes down. He goes, <laughs> uh, yeah, in May, they cut their Facebook ad spend down by 75% and they started using it yep. for your, for Amazon marketing. And you could see the Facebook ads dropped off. 10 days later, 10 days later, the Amazon searches dropped off and he sent me the data. Like he sent me the a screenshot of the, of the um, dashboard that he uses for each of his marketing platforms. And you see minus 82% uh, ad spend. I dropped it into the, the client communications and I'm like, uh, yeah, one, you can see here's the drop and then here's the drop in your searches. So there's a very direct correlation between being visible in other places of the internet and what the branded searches come to for Amazon for you. Um, there is a reality, and this I experienced it myself, that when we see things all over the internet, very often we would prefer to buy that thing on Amazon simply because I know I'm going to get it in two days without putting in my credit card number. Yep. I know I can return it if it turns out to be a crap, a piece of crap and nowhere near as good as it looked in your promo video. I, you know, all of I know things. I'm not going to be receiving a email marketing newsletters every single day. Oh yeah, that's it. You know? <laughs> and it happens to me all the time. I'll see something that pops up in my Instagram feed. I'll search for it on Amazon and buy it there. And I've, it's ha on a personal level, it's happened to me many, many times. So 
if it's happening to me and I live on Amazon, it's definitely happening to people who are not, you know, who have a different type of shopping that they do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Abe, I think we're, uh, we're coming up at the end of our allotted time here. So why don't you just, uh, kind of let everyone know if they want to get in touch with you, what's the, the best way for them to keep up is what's your, uh, your cigar TikTok channel that they should follow. Oh boy. <laughs> the cigar TikTok channel, the cigar TikTok channel is in progress. I keep toying with the idea of a channel in which I uh, talk about the cigar I'm smoking at that moment and add a uh, Amazon conversation onto it. I think this might be the start of that. There you go. But you can find me on all of the social media places. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. It's all under Abe Shamali under my name. Uh, my website is XP Strategy. Um, I anyone who has a question about how their ads are doing, um, I'll be happy to take a look at it for you. It's what I do all day. I can make suggestions for you to tune things up. Um, I can tell you actually if you're doing really well, which I'm always pleased when I see something like that. A tight ads account is like a very very pleasant surprise. Um, yeah. And uh, in general, if people have questions or people want to discuss either ads or cigars or barbecue, like I'm always available. Cool. Love it. Yeah. We, we will link your, we'll put your LinkedIn uh, URL as well as the XP strategy URLs in the description of our, uh, our show notes so that people can find those and access them. And then, yeah, last thing is, uh, as our audience knows, we've been we've been working on building kind of a, a web tool for anyone to use to just kind of help manage their bids and placement settings. And Abe, you were the very first person to get eyes on, on the demo. We had a call a couple of weeks ago and I was showing you the platform. So you were the very first person. Hopefully, hopefully we can get you to, to, uh, be a, be a, a paying user once it's we're at that stage we're still kind of in the in the demoing and testing and everything but yeah i mean listen i'll we'll definitely I, be connecting I, again on that listen i'm gonna give you um credit because i thought that the tool you built was very nice uh it was very clean and we've had a few conversations about the mechanics of Amazon and I'm definitely impressed with the way you look at Amazon with the way you look at the math behind how things are happening. And I think that your software is going to be good for the people that use it. Cool. Well, if it works for you, we'll have you come back on sometime and, uh, and, and let us know. But listen, one of the, one of the things I've been building out on my YouTube channel is like software demos. If you're down for it, mm. we can definitely do like an in-depth in software demo where I poke holes and annoy you Heck with yeah. dumb questions and uh, you show me what you got. You Love know? it. Cool. We'll, 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 we'll also add your, your YouTube. Yeah, we'll also add your YouTube to the show notes as well so people can find find that channel as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Abe, so much. We always love uh, talking with you and, and hearing your thoughts. Your, your, the breadth of experience and knowledge that you just have is is insurmountable and just so, so highly valuable to everyone, especially the young bucks like me and Andrew, <laughs> who've uh, only been in the space for, for about five years or so. So absolutely stellar talking with you. Andrew, any other kind of final concluding thoughts before we send everyone out? No, I think that's it. Abe, you've been a polite, a gracious guest. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate all the value and knowledge and wisdom that you were able to share with us today. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you so much. Guys, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us some reviews, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys.